0: You are listening to the Soar Above Cancer Podcast, episode 78, short and powerful, an interview with Samantha Taylor, with your hosts, Gabrielle and Alex. Hello, my fellow cancer thrivers. Welcome to this week's episode of the Soar Above Cancer Podcast, a podcast dedicated to finding the strength to not only survive a cancer diagnosis, but thrive at living one's life with cancer. Today, with Sam, we discuss the power of her cancer experience, despite Is length. We are very, very excited to help connect all of you to this amazing cancer thriver. So let's dive right in. So, hi Sam. First of all, welcome to the Soar Above Cancer podcast. We're delighted to have you on the podcast today. I know at Soar Above Cancer this year, we've tried to make it a mission to connect with people. And I'm especially excited for this episode because I don't know you very well. It's the (laughs) first time we meet. So for me, it's even on a personal level, a chance to connect with another cancer thriver. So I'm very excited, but I know Alex is too. If we maybe like just jump right ahead into the content of this episode, we first want to know who is Samantha Taylor?
1: Uh, Well, thanks for having me on here, guys. I'm really excited about it because you know, anything that gets to talk to other cancer people too, I love it, and if it helps somebody else later on, then that's awesome. But um, yeah, I'm Sam Taylor, Samantha Taylor, I'm from Newfoundland originally, found out when I was 22 that I had Hodgkin's lymphoma, um, then I guess I did my treatments, and uh, today's kind of cool, I'm really happy that it's happened today, because it's totally fluke, but... Today's the two-year anniversary of me being done my chemo. So that's pretty exciting.
0: Congratulations. Thank you. That's amazing. Thanks. Huge milestone.
1: Yeah.
2: It's kind of funny that like you bring that up. I was actually going to bring that up cuz I know we talked about it earlier, but I'm glad you feel comfortable kind of like letting us know about that. It's really really exciting stuff and yeah, it turns out to just be like a really lucky day and kind of glad to to be able to experience that with you. Now tell us a little bit about your cancer experience. Like kind of like the length of it, what did you go through, kind of what emotions did you feel when you found out? Kind of just like maybe a summary of of the experience itself.
1: Uh well, I guess when I found out, I was kind of, when when I first told me, because it was kind of like a two-month process for me finding out that I even had cancer, um, my body was kind of doing some weird stuff. I got um, scarlet fever, because uh, I don't go to the doctor for much, so it takes like a full body rash, like scarlet fever, for me to even go to the doctor, um, and then I was getting bald spots after that, which is kind of funny, because I mean, everybody associates being bald with cancer, but not before the chemo, um, and then my doctor, my family doctor kind of finally was like, uh, this is serious, you need to go to a specialist, so she sent me to an ENT, and he broke it down that it could have been uh, cysts, and then it could have been thyroid cancer, or it could have been the lymphoma, so in my head I was automatically just like, okay, well cyst," because I kind of have a little bit of history of cysts in the past, so I was like, okay, well, this is just another cyst, we'll get rid of it, that's fine. Um, and then after doing a couple of tests i had to get a needle biopsy and that wasn't really enough and then i had to go and get like the actual surgery biopsy and then he was like yeah so you have lymphoma and i was still remember i was in the hospital and they had to do a test that day some kind of scan so i had to fast i was starving so i was eating a bag of cheeseies with my parents in the waiting room and he's like oh yeah you have you have cancer it's like wait what <laughs> mm-hmm. sorry <laughs> Um, but it's really funny too because then on the way home um, I'm driving back to my house with my parents and everybody's pretty upset like nobody's really saying anything and then I stop and I, and I say to my parents I'm like well it's probably a good time because I just finished school I'm young and healthy so really like if it's going to happen now's the time <laughs> um, I guess yeah that's kind of how I found out and then It's just, from there, Newfoundland doesn't have a PET scan, so they started me, they told me about, that I would start my treatments, I think it was like three weeks later, but I would have to fly to Halifax to get a scan, just to make sure that it wasn't anywhere else. Um, So in those three weeks, I'm sitting down with my friends one day, and I finally tell everybody, like, you know, this is what's happening, I'm going to do chemo, it's going to be fine. So two of my best friends are like, you know what, Sam? Sam? We should have, like, an event. Um, So my two of my best friends, actually, on, like, super short notice, organized a a Fuck Cancer pub crawl. (laughs) So we rented a bus. We got these shirts made. I'm wearing a shirt that says, Fuck Cancer, which, I know, can't see, but. Amazing. um, (laughs) So we got these shirts made for everybody on the bus, and we had, like, one big night out, and I got to see all my friends and just kind of. I don't know. It was good cuz everybody was just like no had no doubts like, "Oh, yeah, you're going to be fine. Let's just do this and get it over with." And and then I did my chemo. Yeah, there you go. Yeah.
0: And chemo lasted what, 6 months?
1: Uh, yeah. I had uh well, four rounds of two chemos every two weeks.
0: Okay. It's like
1: 4 or 5 months, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So I know that you've categorized like, maybe your your experience as shorter than okay, mm-hmm. maybe average. Yeah, definitely. But s- still, as a very extremely powerful experience that you've you've had. So, how can you define the power that this this relatively short experience has had on your life?
1: Um, it kind of makes you well, like up until this point, I just did college. I didn't really. I was only 22, like, I was still invincible, I was going to travel, I was going to do anything. I didn't think that anything could ever stop me (laughs) or slow me down. And, uh, I don't know, I I guess you kind of hear older people say, as long as you have your health, you're fine, but you never really think about it when you're in your 20s. Because it's like, oh yeah, well everybody has their health. But then, having this experience to, like, stop you, and give you some time to think about wow shit like <laughs> something can happen to you it doesn't matter how old you are <laughs> you need to appreciate this it kind of gives you a different outlook and then even though you know right from the beginning they were like okay well there's a 90% chance that you're going to be cured it's still like there's a 10% chance that you're not <laughs> and you have to if you if even though you have that ninety percent chance and and like in my head the whole time I was like, you know what I'm gonna be fine, this is okay. You couldn't there's a when it's done, you look back and you're like, shit, I I might not have been okay. (laughs) And so going forward from that, you kinda have to just make sure that you do everything that you wanna do. Like you are here for a reason. Don't take it for granted. Appreciate I don't know what's around you <laughs> I don't know absolutely. as soon as I got better I went on a trip with my mom for three weeks and then I moved away <laughs> so like it kind of and before that I had no plans of doing any of these things so yeah. I don't know I guess even though it's a short time that your life's put on hold you take it and run with it after
2: absolutely mm-hmm. So the active part of your experience with cancer, like we said, it's really, really short and relatively short for most. Now, do you find like that shaped and how did it shape your experience with the cancer community? Was it good? Was it bad? I know we met at the YAC conference and that was a fantastic time. That was kind of a great entrance to the cancer community. How did that kind of shape your experience with the community of cancer thrivers?
1: Well, at the time, because one of my good uh, friend's parents is actually a cancer coordinator. Um, so the entire time I was sick, she knew from the beginning and she was like, okay, well, um, there's all these groups, you should go talk to people. And while I was going through it, I had such a strong attitude of like, oh, I'm going to be fine. Like, I really don't need this. Like I wasn't overly upset. I had a great support system, so I really didn't need it, but then I got better and that's when I really needed the cancer community. I needed other people who had gone through it because then it's all kind of real. You, I guess maybe I was in some kind of stage of denial when I was going through it. Um, um, but then once it was done and I didn't have to have that like protective layer, I was like, Oh my God, I need friends. I need the cancer community. I need to talk to people. And when we met at conference, that's honestly exactly what I needed. Like I needed that conference of, of 200 people, Maybe not 200, but I needed to talk to other people who had, who had gone through um, the same thing. Even just somebody to be like, wow, I feel the exact same way. Like that, Nobody really understands how much somebody saying, wow, I feel that way too, makes, uh, makes it easier for you. I don't know.
0: Yeah, we've discussed this on the podcast. I know that when I went to retreat, um, the retreat last summer, I felt the same way because people just end up getting you in a way that is surreal when you've not had that experience from the beginning Mm
1: -hmm. yeah for sure
0: in that survivorship phase that that difficult survivor survivorship phase of the experience how has survivor's guilt maybe played a part in in your experience
1: well i think right from the beginning honestly that pub crawl that i spoke about so I met a bunch of people on this because there's a busload of people saying fuck cancer. So, you know, obviously people are coming up to us being like, why are you doing this? So I actually met somebody that night and he was like, my best friend has, I think at the time it was heart and bone cancer and it had come back and he's like, listen, this guy's got a huge heart, really great guy. He was actually part of the Yak community, I found out later. I didn't realize until conference that he was part of Yak. Um, but he was like, yeah, give him a call. Like, even if you want to call him, like, right now. Because he could tell that, like, I-, I hadn't been approached at this point by anybody saying, like, oh, yeah, there's a young person who has cancer. You should totally talk to him. So I was like, oh, my God. Like, can I talk to him? But then once he told me what kind of cancer he had, I immediately started to cry. And it was, like, at this point, it was one of the first times that I had cried. Um, and my best friend was there with me, and she looked at me, and she's like, Sam, you're upset because you know you're going to get better and he's not, don't you? Aren't you? And uh, that was exactly it. Like Right from the beginning. I wasn't even going through treatments yet and I still had survivor's guilt. And um, this person did later pass away and I know that his wife was still a part of Yak and stuff afterwards. um, Justin was his name. Um, But I did. I spoke to him. He was absolutely amazing. I didn't Get to know him very well but right from the beginning i don't know you just you feel bad and then even uh, it was two years ago one of my friend's parents passed away and it was about a week before i was finished my treatments and i said well should i even go to the wake like am i is me being there being bald almost being better gonna be worse for them like maybe i shouldn't even go because are they going to have any kind of animosity towards me because, and and nobody ever does. Like, obviously people just want you to be better, (laughs) but all of this stuff goes through your head. You're like, well, are they going to take it out on me because I'm better? And, and, and his poor mother just passed away. Like, yeah. Survivor's guilt is probably the hardest thing that I still go through.
2: Yeah.
0: Has anything ever helped you through that that you can maybe share?
1: YAK yeah, definitely does help because, I mean, everybody, everybody feels this way. But I find that I just have to keep reminding myself. Because it, it is, it, it's in your own head. Like, obviously, people in the world do want you to get better. Nobody wants somebody to get cancer. So anybody who comes through it is kind of like a motivational story, really. And I feel like anybody who gets better from cancer can give somebody else help. So I find if you keep reminding yourself that, you know, you did this so that other people can be stronger, which kind of sounds conceited, I think. I don't know. (laughs) But um, I don't know. You keep reminding yourself that it's you have to get better. (laughs) Like people want you to get better. I don't know. You have to get over it yourself, I guess.
2: Yeah, that's a good point. And we all go through it at some point. Is survivor's guilt is—it's—it's yeah. it's, it's a pain, but I mean, it is—it kind of comes with the experience itself. You touch a little bit on obviously dealing with yak and the people that are in the community that you have like a great relationship with and kind of helped you through. But does the length and, and going through a cancer experience that's a little shorter? does it resonate differently with non-cancer community? Is there any times people are like, oh, it's only this long? Oh, like, you know, I know someone who's been through it two years. Does it maybe, like, have an impact being such a short experience in the way that you talk with people outside the cancer community at all?
1: Um, I think so. Even in the cancer community, like, right from the beginning, even not that it was a short experience, but... I, would, I had a ninety percent cure rate, so like mm-hmm. I tell people all the time, and I am kind of a victim of this myself. I, I maybe put my my own cancer down a little bit, but I say that I had the easy one. Like, if you want to get a can- if you are going to get a cancer, like this is the one that you want. Like, I I would say that to people. So maybe maybe that was also a coping thing. I don't know, but the and and then I also kind of feel bad going into the cancer community maybe it's a kind of like a survivor's guilt because Mm. i had such an easy cancer see like i I call it the easy cancer that do should i even be a part of this group like am i taking advantage because i had an easy cancer like these people are at like these other people are at such a higher risk and like they're fine and are they going to look at this as if oh okay well you only had lymphoma like you had you did some chemo you didn't even do radiation man like come on (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: But it's not like I did have an easy one. The stats are great, but it still affects you mentally, I find, in the same way.
2: Oh, 100%.
0: And the experience of chemo alone is also very, very difficult on the, on a, someone's body. So that whether it's 4 months or 2 years, it still has a huge impact that your that anyone is is allowed to, to experience and, and
1: feel. Yeah, exactly. And even though I just did chemo, I mean, there's there's some things that I can never do again. Like, I, my doctor... Now, this varies between doctors, too, but my doctor told me that I can't have medical oxygen anymore. Uh, it's an allergy, and it, it affects my lungs. So, like, there's certain things that I can't do now. I'm supposed to wear a medical alert, but I'm a slacker, and I don't. Um, like, I can't even we planned a vacation and there was there was kind of like a scuba diving thing, I can't do that because I can't have oxygen. <laughs> so they're all things and they're stupid, but like it still affects you down the road. Yeah.
0: What did it take for you to come to the realization that you are a cancer thriver as much as anyone else and your experience is as valuable as, as the next?
1: I think it honestly took – because there was a couple of months – Of me being better before I found yak and I was really upset and I didn't know why and I didn't know how I was like why am I feeling so sad I'm better like this is a gift Um, and I think being so mentally not better made me realize okay there's no easy cancer like this still happened
2: was there any moment during your experience like a turning point or in a specific event that, like in your cancer experience, that changed everything for you?
1: Not really. Mine was kind of like a slow and steady kind of thing. I don't think there was any big, uh, I don't think there was any big turns. It was kind of, it was just the beginning hit of of it. But uh, through that, you just kind of truck through it because, you know, nothing really changed with mine. It was just like your chemo, you go in and, there was no really big turning points no I really can't
2: that's okay no listen like it, it's it, there's that doesn't necessarily have to be one specifically we just we've talked to people and we've had experiences where sometimes there's something that changes but it's also good to know that maybe if you just put your head down and you chuck through it and and you go through the same experiences every day that you're, you'll end up getting better and you have the that mental that mental attitude and you seem to have that just like put your head down and just and just roll with the punches kind of thing.
1: Yeah, definitely. It was kind of like, a, once I got into my, my cancer routine, like every second Friday when I go in and see all my old people, because I was in a ward with a bunch of old people, I go in and see my pals, like that was it. You just put your head down. I get excited for chemo days so I could go see my friends. <laughs> like, yeah, <exactly. laughs> that was it really. <laughs>
2: Good.
0: What advice would you want to give to someone else who might not, I guess, be feeling for various reasons, such as, Maybe length or otherwise, that they don't have the right to certain aspects of their cancer experience.
1: I would give the advice: don't be stubborn like me. Talk to people sooner. <laughs> um, <laughs> don't wait till it's all said and done. Like, if I had the cancer community from the beginning and had the chance for people to talk to me and be like, "No, your cancer's still serious. Like, this is going to affect you." Um, I think it'd be a huge step. And and you know, people told me. Go talk to people, go talk to people, but I was stubborn, so I didn't. But if if I could go back, don't be stubborn. You don't have to be strong all the time. Like, it's great to be strong because it gives you the willpower to just be like, yeah, you're going to do this. But also take help, talk to people. It's okay to talk to people and need help.
2: No, that's good. I, I, I mean, I completely agree. I remember when I first got diagnosed, Jeff Eaton reached out from Yak, and I didn't even bother answering him. And then, like, I think two years later i was like okay let's give it a shot mm-hmm. and and then here we are so no that's a great advice for sure
0: i feel like if we would go around and ask all young or all cancer thrivers what would be your one regret i feel like everyone would have said i would have wanted to know about communities sooner and i would have wanted to reach out sooner and get involved definitely <laughs> it's funny that you say that so it is true
2: yeah for sure <laughs> So, Sam, how, if possible, can our listeners get in contact with you if you have any questions? Wow,
1: well, um, any kind of social media, I guess. I guess I can, like, my email and seriously, any, any kind at all. I would love to help people. They can have all of my forms of contact if they want. If they want my address so they can send me snail mail, yes, go for it. But I love it. <laughs> okay.
0: Is there anything that you would... Last thing that you want to say to, to our listeners and to Alex and I today.
1: Um, well, mostly thank you. I'm really excited about this. I can't wait. I hope that I, I get to help somebody. Um, but seriously, just talk to people. Uh, I hope that somebody who hasn't reached out to some, anyone yet hears this and are driven to contact a yak community or, or some kind of cancer community because it makes such a big difference. And there are no easy cancers. You don't have to, there's not, <laughs> like, it's still going to affect you. So don't be a tough guy and justify that you're like, oh, have an easy cancer and, and feel bad about things. You don't.
2: <laughs> no, like I just personally, and, and me and Gabrielle, thank you for coming on, Sam. Me personally, I know you're one of like the most vibrant and exciting people I've met through the cancer experience. Thanks, so I really wanted to hear your opinion. and. And just talk to you on the podcast so thank you for coming out thanks thanks pals in today's episode Gabrielle and I have a conversation with a young cancer thriver by the name of Sam Taylor she tells us a little bit about her cancer experience and although the fact that her lymphoma diagnosis and the treatment itself was very short it was very powerful in the sense that she dealt with a lot of mental and physical aspects we dive into the survivor's guilt that had an impact on her and the fact that she still feels a little bit of the survivor's guilt today. We discuss whether she thinks the length and severity of her experience with cancer impacted the way she dealt with non-cancer environment and the Cancer thriver Society in general. We discuss some of the things that may have changed her throughout her cancer experience and whether she identified with the term cancer thriver or survivor as she was going through her chemo and her treatment. We discuss any advice that she really wanted to give us near the end of the episode, and we finish off with a way to get in contact with this young, vibrant, and fantastic cancer thriver.
0: This ends episode 78, short and powerful, an interview with Samantha Taylor. I would like to thank Samantha once again for being on the show Also, I did include all her information in the show notes if you want to get in touch with her. A big thank you to our listeners for tuning in. Before you go, just a quick reminder, if you have any questions or suggestions or comments, or if you simply want to share your story with us, please do reach out through the Soar Above Cancer blog as well as our social media platforms, which are, as usual, always linked in the show notes. Many, many smiles to you and see you next week.